Welcome back to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempty. On the Balancing Act, we talk to business leaders and industry experts to explore the balancing acts we play in our professional lives and learn about the events that put rocket boosters behind their career success. Today, we have Mike Terzis joining us. Mike is the Chief Product Officer at Mindex, the number one software developer in Rochester, New York, and the creator of New York State's market-leading student management system, School Tool. All you gotta do is look at Mike's shirt for the School Tool logo. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks for having me, Andy. Uh, it's uh, wonderful, wonderful to see you again. In the spirit of full disclosure, Mike and I worked together at uh, Kaplan Professional for a number of years. Mike had a long and storied career at uh, at Kaplan and is now off doing great things at Mindex. Mike, before we get started, I ask this question of all our guests. Please tell our listeners your story. Yeah, absolutely. Um I grew up in England, in the UK. Uh, I studied uh, physics, so educated as a physicist. Um, always been interested in computers, numerical modeling. Uh, my first job out of uh, university um, was actually Kaplan. Um, and uh, it was fortuitous that I landed in that role. I, I started actually as a data entry clerk. Um, and then uh, gradually moved up and through various positions and found my feet uh, as a business analyst and then um, as a product owner, um, technical program manager, you know, all the various titles that uh, then lead their way up to a technology leader over time. Uh, I've also had my feet in analytics as well um, with you, a Kaplan professional, and then uh, more recently, I, I've moved into uh, working at Mindex, as you said, um, heading up their flagship product school tour. Yeah, I used to I used to love kidding around because uh, we it, we were both working in education and we would say, well, it's not rocket science. And then you, you with your physics degree and I think you had an interest in uh, in that field. Oh, yeah, we do have a rocket scientist that's working with us. Uh, that was always a lot of fun. Um, think speaking of rocket boosters, if you had to pick one event in your life that was a key accelerant for your career, what, what is that event? I think I would have to say it was the opportunities that were presented to me as a result of being willing to travel across the world um, and work with various divisions um, of the company that I was working with at that time. Um, and specifically, you know, after a couple of engagements, uh, having the willingness to come to the States and the degree of opportunity that there just uh, happens to be in the States was really the um, the key accelerant for my career. Um, combined with timing, uh, the financial crisis, I think put everybody in a very unique position. And um, it, it, it just created a, a, a wealth of opportunities. And as long as you were willing to lean into those that were presented to you, uh, you could move ahead in your career very, very quickly. Yeah, we were just talking about the the 
Great Recession, uh, the financial crisis with uh, uh, a guest that was just on the show and how that opportunity, uh, if you took advantage of it and ran toward the fire, the proverbial fire, and as you said, leaned into it, uh, th- that, uh, that was, that was an accelerant for that individual's, uh, career as well. Uh, mine mm-hmm. too. So, uh, thanks for sharing that, Mike. Um, let's dive in. Uh, let's talk about Mindex, uh, for just a bit. Give us a little more insight into the Mindex business model. Sure. Uh, Mindex is really in, in two businesses as a software company, uh, services and products. So on the services side, We work with uh, large enterprise SaaS companies to help them build their products. Um, We do that across generally upstate, the upstate New York area. Uh, We also are a a cloud services partner as well. Um, So we help organizations take their workloads to the cloud and then we, we manage them for them as well. And actually a synergy that we have between what we do for enterprise SaaS companies on the software development side plays out on the cloud services side as well, where we can help any company uh, modernize that app, um, make it cloud native. And we also have a, a data and analytics uh, uh, team there too, um, to help out on um, uh, those areas as well. And then on the product side, uh, we have School Tool, which is the uh, the flagship product uh, for Mindex um, that is uh, goes to market rather uh, through uh, the New York State education system. We work with uh, what's called um, boards of cooperative educational services out in New York State, and uh, they help us deliver um, our product uh, to school districts. We're in uh, approximately 50% of school districts in New York State. Um, so our business model there, as opposed to our professional services, is uh, you know an, an annual um, uh, service that we offer to those districts, and they use our software to uh, essentially manage all of the uh, academic um, back office administration processes um, at their districts. You know, ranging from grading, attendance, discipline, uh, nurse visits, uh, and so on. You can you can imagine all of the uh, the the the, the uh, sort of the tasks that, that are involved in, in managing the school district that we generally support on the academic side. Wow, that's uh, that's quite the portfolio that you that you're in charge of. Uh, very very proud of you there, uh, Mike. You've been a change agent in the world of technology and product management since I've first known you. Uh, let's talk about balancing acts. That's the mm-hmm. name of the show. <laughs> so, uh, what's the most important balancing act that a chief product officer has to play? And here I'm looking for chief product officers in general? Yeah. Uh, As a chief product officer um, and as a head of product in general, I think that, and and, and this is analogous actually to many business positions and it it just happens to be, you know, the the, the key balance that I would say that I have to play as well is uh, needing to um, solve your customers' problems with uh, limited resources and uh, you know, ultimately, you never have the uh, the level of resources that you would need in order to solve absolutely everybody's problems. Um, so there's always a balancing act that you have to play um, with respect to 
how to most effectively de deploy the resources that you have at your disposal um, in order to address the right problems um, to keep the business moving forwards and to keep your customers happy and for that to help them um, you know, achieve as many of their goals as they would like to. And in our case, that's school districts. Um, whilst you're trying to keep your current customers happy with the product that they've been on, um, you also have to strike the balancing act of uh, um, features or value that you need to deliver in order to win new customers as well. Um, and, you know, it, it's incredibly difficult. And I work with um, many uh, product owners, product managers um, on their roadmaps and um, how to interpret all the various pieces of information that we gather from surveys and interviews and pulse checks and account meetings and so on and so forth to, uh, to, to essentially try to distill that down into a decision-making framework to say that we should you know, work on uh, project A now and project B next and here's how many resources we should apply to each one so for me i would say that that's the the largest balancing act that uh, i have to play and i also have to help other people play um, and deal with that 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 work within my discipline yeah thanks for shining a bright light on that uh that tension that really exists uh, and the only thing that I would throw in is that uh, the importance of relationship management and having uh, a, a relationship management team that uh, that can help build uh, a strong relationship with your customer so that they so that the customer can see that balancing act play out and the customer knows that you're doing the very best for them, but, but you do have limited resources uh, where relationship management goes awry is when you say, well, we can do everything for you at, at, at any time, just bring it on. And that's just, unless you have an unlimited pool of money uh, and, and talent, which uh, no company does uh, that, that that tension is there and having uh, having a really strong relationship with your customer is essential to get through that. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, School Tool and Mindex have been known for quite some time to uh, have great service. Um, but one thing that we've worked very hard on, which I think sort of addresses the point that you were making there, um, is over the, the last two years, we've worked very hard to bring our customers into the development process yeah. um, and look at the relationship, not as a vendor-customer relationship, but a partner relationship. Um, and ultimately, we think that that's, you know, leading to us being more successful. And as you say, there's, you know, when you, uh, when you pursue that avenue, um, there's a greater degree of shared understanding as well. Right. And you're going to, in the long term, you're going to keep that uh, that customer for much, much longer. Uh, I want to shift gear, gears to your career arc. Uh, we all play balancing acts in our lives. And if we try to tell ourselves that we don't, I think we're lying to ourselves. What's the most important balancing act you've played that's contributed to your personal career success? Yeah, yeah. Um... 
to my personal career success, um, it's actually a person more personal response maybe than you would be anticipating. And I think that it's it's making sure that I take the time out from work to spend with uh, my friends and my family. Um, you know, I would not be successful in my career if I wasn't successful at home. Um, I think having uh, children has has, has shown me, um, you know, how much time I have to spend at home and how much they, they need from me. Um, and I make sure that I, I spend that time every day. I, I take my son to, to school. I pick him up from school. Um, I, I make his dinner. Um, I have an incredibly demanding job as well. And, uh, the balancing act that I play there is um is is after bedtime which i'm i also make sure that that i'm involved in um if if i need to complete work um you know outside of the the regular work day then it's after uh my son and my daughter have gone to bed and, and not before or during um because I, I found that if you you know if if you spend that time um that you are supposed to be spending with them, um, you know, it, it can affect your uh, your ability to work within the day. So it's it's the most effective, productive way, I think, and it's the biggest balancing act that I would say that I play in my my personal um, career, and it's the the largest balancing act that I've had to manage as well as I've gone through that career arc, and my positions have grown over time. Yeah, a lot of people get themselves in the mindset that I've got to work, 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 work to get climb up the ladder. And the regrets that can pile up uh, can really start to weigh on you and affect your uh, ability to be a productive uh, team member and, and, a, and a focused uh, team member. So thank you so much for uh, bringing that uh, to the fore here. Uh, Mike, we're going to take a really short commercial break and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Andy Tempty. Over the past 35 years, I've learned a lot about business leadership and I'd like to share those lessons with you. Ask yourself, how do I create an effective, sustainable management operating system? How do I design smooth workflows to better serve the customer? How do I balance organizational trust with accountability? The Balanced Business describes the practical, step-by-step -step process you need to answer these questions. Order your copy today wherever books are sold. And we're back with Mike Terzis talking about the world of product management within technology and software development organizations. Mike, you and I have had many conversations about the balancing act between productivity and meeting commercial deadlines with the creative process that's central to the world of software development. What advice do you have for aspiring chief product officers, chief technology officers to balance those commercial demands with creating an optimal working environment for the developers that you have in your charge? Sure. I, I believe that when individuals are under strain and stress, um, you know, sometimes that can lead to uh, 
the tailing off of the ability for individuals to be creative. Um, and, you know, at the same time, some deadlines can help to sharpen the mind. And it's amazing, you know, how much work you can get done when you have a deadline in place. Um, so there's absolutely a balancing act that you sort of have to play um, to make sure that work ebbs and flows over time, especially for individuals that need to be creative. Um, so the, 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 then the largest balancing act for me is how you organize work so that there are those breaks um, for individuals so that um, they don't get burnt out because ultimately when you have deadlines, you know, every, everybody uh, uh, works very hard towards them. And there's inevitably, even with the world's best planning, there's some degree of snow planning, snow plowing rather of the effort towards the end. Um, and there needs to be a release afterwards and an acknowledgement and, um, you have to let individuals uh, that are creative, um, you know, relax. You have them. You have to give them space to relax. Otherwise, you won't get the best out of them. Um, I think my second answer to this problem would be focus as well. Um, and I think focus uh, comes from first and foremost a clear strategy, and then. Um, articulating it and communicating it uh, over and over again and working with your organization to make sure that everybody's in alignment and that um, you are focusing as an organization on the few things that are really going to move the needle uh, right now, um, but will build towards your strategic goals. So it's, it's for me, the answer to the question is, helping individuals by ensuring that there's ebb and flow in their work, and then also helping individuals to make sure that there's focus um, in, in their workload as well, um, are the two biggest uh, balancing acts that um, you know you have to manage in order to get the out of people, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'd like to just really stress that focus point. I have been guilty and you have seen it directly in our work together of trying to be too much at, uh, at once, uh, trying to eat, uh, too many, too many elephants at the same time. Uh, the goal set too wide, uh, too many customers. And so if you're, a, if you're a, a senior leader listening to this show right now, Listen to Mike Terzis on the focus uh, element. Get your goal setting crystal clear and then follow through uh, because I can attest that uh, when you're swinging everybody all over the place and this is important one minute and then that's important the next, uh, that, that can really uh, de detract from uh from the culture and certainly detracts from productivity. And, and I would say at times I'm guilty of goal stuffing too, which is what I would call it um, <laughs> because of the pressures that a business leader faces. Um, you know, it's, it's the same pressure that you face with the balancing act as a chief product officer and you have limited resources, but you want to make everybody happy. Well, as a business leader, you want to get everything done and ultimately you can't and you have to make choices. And I think the, 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 
the the the, the biggest thing that the, the 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 biggest source of insight for me in making the best decisions comes from those that are ultimately doing the work and making sure that you're uh, remaining close to those individuals and you're creating a culture where they feel safe enough to give you that feedback on what they can and can't do and what they feel that they should and should not do based upon the arti- the strategy that you've articulated. Well, right on, Mike. And I, and I think uh, you just created a term for the urban dictionary or the urban business dictionary goal stuffing. Uh, I had, I had never heard that before. Uh, goal stuffing defined as just trying to pack 10 pounds of, you know, what in a five pound sack. That's right. You got it. <laughs> nice. So let's talk technology now. I'd like to focus here on managing technical debt mm. with uh, innovation. Uh, as a reminder for our listeners, technical debt is the implied cost that's incurred from technical challenges that are, aren't fixed in a timely manner. Uh, one of Mindex's primary customers are K-12 school systems, which I have to imagine have lots of technical debt, just like any other uh, company or institution. How do you coach technology leaders and school administrators on how to balance addressing the the historical technical debt with the need, the persistent need to innovate? Yeah, I think for 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 Mindex and and in the specific line of business within which we operate with school districts, um, it's the technical debt within our software product. Um, that you always have if you build software um, that, you know, I, I have to engage my customers on. Customers always want to see new things. Um, and, uh, you know, and that, that those new things are, are more often than not innovations. Um, but the rate at which you can bring more new things to bear for them is dependent upon the rate at which you can also manage and deal with your technical debt. If you never clean house, um, you know, you're never going to be, you, you, you're always going to be building on a shaky foundation and it will come home to roost. Um, so yeah, it's, it's always a case of, of making sure that, you know, we do everything in moderation, uh, you know, for one of, uh, an English saying, um, it's, it's a case of, yes, we can do some innovation, but we also have to make sure that we're, we're taking care of our technical debt as we go. Um, and I think that it's a case of, you know, being open and transparent with our customers and educating them on the, the, the right choices to make. Um, and, and, and again, coming back to what we were talking about earlier in the conversation, bringing our customers into our development process as partners really enables us to do that. Yeah. Uh, again, another great point. Uh, and if you're a non-technical uh, leader, organizational leader, please listen very carefully that every time, without exception, when you innovate, you're going to create technical debt that you add to the pile. And if you're always trying to innovate, 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 as Mike said, all someday, all that technical debt has to show its head at some point. Uh, it's it's going to show up as a negative in your PL, in your culture, uh, work environment, et cetera. So thanks for that, Mike. Yeah, yeah. And 
There's also, uh, you know, I, I think that that largely speaks to internal technical debt that you, you know, create yourself maybe through moving too fast and trying to uh, solve too many problems too quickly. But there's also the sort of externally created technical debt that's placed upon you by advancements um, elsewhere or by new right. security attacks that may emerge. Um, right. So I, I think it's also good to acknowledge the fact that not all technical debt is technical debt that you create, um, you know, and, 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 and also work with your customer to educate them on that fact as well. Right. Okay, Mike, uh, as we're getting close to the end here, let's have a little fun. I've got two lightning round questions for you. Number one, if you had access to a time machine and could send a message to an earlier version of Mike Terzis, what's the message and what version of yourself do you send it to? Sure. Um, well, it would be any version of myself younger than I am today, but it, my message would be don't worry so much. Um, yeah, obviously I end up where I am, so uh, everything's going to work out fine in the end. Um, there's been lots of points where you know, in my career, I've not known what is going to come next, but an opportunity has always come along. Um, and then uh, along the same vein of don't worry so much, it would be uh, don't worry so much about what other people may think about you or what you're doing. Focus on you and why you're doing what you're doing and have and believe in yourself and have confidence. Yeah, yeah. Too often we're just looking at for excuses to push things off and b blaming other folks. Uh, yeah, do, uh, focus on yourself first. That's a great. That's a great message, um, Mike. Question number two: uh, What's the best non-monetary investment you've ever made that's contributed to your overall well-being? Uh well, I think it would be spending time with my friends, traveling to see them, um, the, you know, a long distance from me. Um, and then uh, also making sure that I work out when I can work out. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, the, 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 the workout element. Uh, I, I, uh, Kate Lander was on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, and, uh, and she just said walking, mm -hmm. just getting out feeling the breeze in her hair, allowing the mind uh, to, to wander adds to mental plasticity, uh, agility. Uh, yeah, you can be I, even more reductive and just say moving. Yeah. <laughs> well, fascinating studies uh, now uh, coming out. Uh, I was listening to National Public Radio uh, the other day uh, and, you know, uh, five minutes an hour of just getting up, walking around, coming back to your desk. It doesn't have to be a workout. It's just like walking around uh, increases uh, overall well-being, productivity, a whole host of uh, metrics uh, lift just from that instead of just grinding away at, at, your, at your desk. So mm -hmm. very cool. So Mike, final question, what's next for Mindex? Uh, what are you excited about? What can you keeps you up at night? Uh, I think what I'm excited about is, is the new products and services that we're bringing to bear. Um, we're working with some of our enterprise um, SaaS partners 
uh, on on integration services. There's a lot of solutions that are out there that let you connect one application to another, but very few of them wrap enough services around them to truly take the headache away uh, from partners. And that's that's something that we're working on right now and is a large opportunity for us. Um, it's also helping to bring various parts of uh, Mindex as an organization together. Historically, we've operated um, reasonably uh, uh, separately between our products and our services side, but but now it's an opportunity to collaborate, which is great. Um, analytics as well uh, is a is a huge uh, uh, new opportunity um, for us uh, on our existing products and with with new customers too. Um, I, I'm terribly excited about the work that we have in process to, to reimagine analytics on school tool using the cloud. Uh, and then finally, uh, going back to our services, um, the, the strength, the muscle that we're building with our cloud services portfolio, um, you know, as that grows and I'm heavily involved in that, uh, we're, we're able to take all of that and, and inject all of that uh, experience um, and expertise back into our products. Um, so what we're seeing emerge is this sort of really exciting flywheel, I guess, between yeah. our services and our products. And yes, I did just steal a term out of your uh, vernacular, but uh, dictionary. Um, but but it, I do think that 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 is uh, that's what's happening and, and that that is what truly excites me about uh, where we're heading as a company oh very very cool very cool mike thank you so much for being on the show today yeah thank you for having me all right well my name is andy tempty this is the balancing act podcast you can find us on all the major streaming services as well as out on youtube this episode was produced by Nicholas Tempty. Please like, subscribe, rate, and most importantly, share uh, this show with your friends. Uh, we're trying to create a public good and help everyone learn and grow with the great advice that you get from folks like Michael Terzis. Have a great day.